Welcome to episode 135 of Podcateers. This week, the guys and I talk about some of the music we're beginning to hear from the upcoming film Beauty and the Beast. Some merchandise hits the shelves that makes us wonder, why? We finally get word on whether Carrie Fisher will be appearing in episode 9 of Star Wars, and Disneyland is getting a max pass. What is it, and will it actually help you? We also announced that we want to do a movie meetup for Beauty and the Beast. We would love to go on opening weekend, so if you're in the Southern California area and would like to join us, keep an eye out on social media because we're going to need your help to determine what day is best for all of us to get together. Uh, We're also going to be giving away a Bell Funko Pop Doll. Details on how to win will be posted on our Facebook, Instagram, and our Twitter very soon. You can also find us on Snapchat and on YouTube. Just search for Podcateers. Or you can head over to podcateers.com slash 135 for more info, images, and videos on anything that we talk about. We'd love to start a conversation, so leave us your thoughts or a comment on anything that you hear. Quick shout out to all of our fairy godparents. We appreciate all of your additional support via Patreon. And if you would like to help us out and become one of our fairy godparents with a one-time or maybe even monthly contribution, you can do so by heading to patreon.com slash or go to podcateers.com and click on the Patreon logo for more info. Finally, I promise you this is the last thing. If you shop on Amazon, you can also help us out greatly by going to podcateers.com slash Amazon first before making your next purchase and clicking on the big Amazon button. It's not going to cost you anything extra except for a few extra seconds, but it will give us a small commission as a thank you from Amazon for going through our link. So to everyone that's already using that link, thank you guys so very much. We really appreciate it. All right. I know that was long, but I had a lot of coffee and I had to get out all of the energy. So to anyone new to the podcast, thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you all for listening. Here is episode 135 of Podcateers. This is our podcast. It's about three guys that love Disney, technology, art, and food. This is Podcateers. I just can't believe we actually found it. You guys will not believe how long I have been searching for this ever since they announced it. Yesterday. I've just, no, it wasn't yesterday. They announced it <laughs> months ago. Yeah, I found out about it not months ago, but. Oh, you didn't get the beer <clears throat> newsletter? No, I did. I'm mm. not signed up for it anymore. Dude, you totally should. There's beer a... week monthly? Yes. No, nah, no, nah, I don't get that anymore. Do you get it? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Was it in there? Uh, y- Yes. Oh, you should have told me. Yeah. Sorry, you man. Told me. Yeah, well. Uh, the drink we are referring to is... Guinness. Uh, not Guinness. <laughs> uh, you, some of you know, if you guys have been listening for some time, that we are fans of Modern Times in San Diego and... They recently released a nitro version of Black House that they ended up brewing with a little bit of coconut flavor. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it has the creaminess of a Guinness. The coconut is very subtle, but it's just smooth, creamy. It's amazing. It's got that great Black House flavor that we enjoy from modern times. So How subtle. Well done. How subtle is this coconut? Uh, it is enough that it would be bad for mario that's what i was wondering would but it impale him it could that, i mean if it's could it, this be, it's got enough in there that it could hurt him could but this be a youtube video no how <laughs> what no. is wrong with you <laughs> no it's let's not find out what's wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> but if you guys are likers of the beer mm-hmm. uh, i suggest that you guys head out and try to get this nitro uh version of black house by modern times it is quite delicious and i am enjoying it that's I'm good glad i actually found it yeah i i think you nailed it in the description uh, to me it's a little too close to guinness it's almost like i'd rather than just go buy guinness for nah. the price well, I mean, it's a it's considered a specialty, obviously. Mm-hmm. Guinness makes theirs year-round. Right. I mean, that's their brand, and Black House is not made like this, so that's why it's considered specialty, and right. it's a little bit more expensive. But I'm willing to pay for it. The fact that you're getting that flavor of the Black House, mm-hmm. you got the addition of the little bit of the coconut flavor. And you don't totally have to share it. with Mario. Perfect. True that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I appreciate you However, selfishly <laughs> buying just this beer. <laughs> However, 
uh, Lynette saw it and she's like, oh, it's one for me. And she, went, and she opened one for herself. Oh, she so, did? Yeah. Oh, cool. So it's cool. How's your week been, guys? Been watching a lot of Netflix. <laughs> have you really? What have you been watching this week? Uh, let me think. Uh, Rules of Engagement. Ah, finally. Uh, so I'm trying to catch up on your guys' uh, references and phrases. The other one I started watching is Arrested Development. But you told me about that last week. Yeah. How, so good. How far into it are you already? Uh, season. Oh, I just started. Uh, I think. What is it? The Netflix episode one. Really? Oh. Yeah. So yeah, you could stop. Go yeah. back to rules of engagement. Yeah, I was. <laughs> needless to say, a little disappointed on episode it's, it's one. It's a big change, right? Yeah, a little yeah. different. Uh, it's definitely not the banana stand anymore. No, but no. Eh, you know. Yeah. I guess it, for people that really wanted it, it's good. I was really hopeful and really excited when it finally came back, and I was just disappointed in it. Mm. But guess what I discovered? What is that? Season three, I believe it's episode 11. There is a Frozen reference that was created eight years before Frozen even came out. What's the reference? You let it go? Did they say let it go? Because you could just say that, dude. That's not just a Frozen thing. It's not like a trademark. Like, I could be like, no, Javier, let it go. And it doesn't mean, like, it's a Frozen reference. Oh. Well, shoot. Yeah. Oh, well, then end of that conversation. <laughs> no, what was the reference? It was the finishing each other's sandwiches. What? Yes. No. They said it first. What episode? I don't remember that. Yeah, I'm telling how you. How do you know they said it first? Uh, because it was eight years before Frozen came out. All right. What episode? Because I haven't seen the original version or the original Arrested Development series possibly since it aired yeah no that's not true i saw it a few years after because i bought the dvds for it yeah and i had seen them on dvd again mm-hmm. uh when netflix released it i saw it one more time so whenever netflix released it was the last time i saw it but i don't remember that reference dude it's so good like i was laughing so hard when it came out uh, where does this come up it's disney related what are you talking about it's frozen in the episode of arrested oh, i have no idea man <laughs> so, he, so he's got no idea but in season three episode whatever i yeah. said <laughs> 17 minutes and four seconds into it uh they were talking about um being twins and being able to finish each other's sentences and then uh the sister goes sandwiches so that's where it came from I don't know if Frozen stole that. I think that's just an old joke anyways. I think it's just a recycled joke. But what if there are fans of Arrested Development that help write Frozen and they're like, oh, finish each other's sandwiches? Yeah. That could be the case. Yeah, but I think I've heard it before. I'm pretty sure it came on an episode of The Simpsons too. No. Yeah. Dude, I'm a Simpsons fan and I've never heard him say it. There's an episode... uh, Ray Romano guest starred as a voice. So Ray Romano's on an episode of The Simpsons, and he says that he finishes sandwiches with Homer. Yeah, but when did it air? That's the big thing. I don't know. All right, can we take <laughs> a quick little sidebar break to try to find these All clips? Right, let's find let's find the years to every single All of right. these episodes. We'll be right back. Okay, so we're back. We found the two <laughs> clips. Told you. This is crazy. Right? All right. So here, we're going to play the clip from Arrested Development. 2005. 2005. Frozen, 2013. Mm-hmm. All right? Here we go. You know, now she's different. She's a little bit more like me. It's like we finish each other's... Sandwiches. Sentences. Why would I say... Sandwiches. That time I was going to say sandwiches. <laughs> That's so crazy. That's awesome. And the timing is exactly the same. Yeah. Now, there's no interruption on the one I'm talking about, okay? All but right. this is from Simpsons episode 351, titled Don't Fear the Roofer. 351? What well, year is that? May 1st, 2005. So about the same so, time? But I don't okay. know which one came first. You should look for your air date episode on yours. I only Do a saw, little research like I, I did. I only saw year. Ready? 
All right. Hey, watch what you say about him. I think Ray could be the one. The one what? My new best friend. We think alike. We act alike. We finish each other's sandwiches. <laughs> what? <laughs> What? <laughs> That's awesome. They all got it from Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they all got it from Homer. Yeah, what's going on? Wow. So, all right. So, I'm going to take what Mario said. Is there any way that this is something even older than The Simpsons? I Now I'm starting to question it. Yeah. I mean, where else? Well, I guess there's... An infinite amount of places where it could be from. Right. But now I almost feel like we need to do a little bit more research to see if we can find an older version of it. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> We're not coming back for this one. We'll leave it alone. We'll look into it, and if we find something, we'll report back. But that's just crazy. I love it. It's crazy. I kind of love it. Homer Simpson, all the way to Frozen. Right. What a concept. I love it. All right, uh, finish each other's sandwiches. I want a sandwich now. No. All right, guys. <clears throat> Lots of news this last week. There's been oh, yeah? a, a lot of things, including, you know, we didn't talk about it last week, uh, but I really wanted to bring up the clip of Emma Watson singing as Belle. Oh, oh yeah? Yes. I do have a small complaint. Why you would know, you have not... a small complaint? Okay, it has not nothing good? to do with the clip of her singing. Oh. But it does have to do with the fact that I tried to post it on the Instagram account so uh-huh. we could share it with yeah. you know with the listeners. About two minutes after I posted it, it got pulled down. No, that's weird and dumb because uh, I've heard it on Instagram. Well, I've seen it posted on tons of people's accounts. Yeah. Uh, personally, I'm I'm a little hurt that Instagram did that to us, but whatever. You we're, know, we're it, too it popular. Is, it is what it is. Yeah, how dare you? I'm Instagram. sure that's we're not over it. You. <laughs> But uh, it was pulled down, so uh, find it somewhere else. I don't think I don't think anybody got a chance to see it because I, I'm not kidding. Like literally within the first minute or two, it got pulled down uh, when I got the the notice that you know whatever. Uh, but anyway, the clip uh, you both heard it. What did you guys think? What were your initial thoughts on hearing Emma Watson sing as Belle? Amazing. I freaking loved it. It actually gave me the goose pimples, as they say in England. All the fields, bro. <laughs> Do they the say fields. that in England? I don't know. Is this for Emma Watson, who is English? <laughs> exactly. Oh, there you go. Very Can clever. You, you say it even, in an English accent. You didn't even connect those dots. <laughs> Come on. English accent now. Oh, my English accent? Yes. Uh, goose pimples. Wow. See? Oh, great. Nailed it, right? Yeah. 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 Thanks. Great. It almost sounded natural, right? Mario, what did you think? <laughs> um, I, I wasn't as astounded as Javier was, it but was I thought it was pretty good. Pretty good? That, you're knocking it, man. That was so good. You knocking it. I, I didn't can't say, it was say pretty terrible. good. Pretty good is an insult. To That's her an beautiful, insult? angelic voice, that was an insult. <laughs> I can't figure out if he really felt that passionate about right. it or if he's trolling you right now. He probably is. You will never know. Uh, you know, I heard the clip and I'm kind of in between half of... No, don't take my beer Come on. No. All right, fine. Thanks, take a man. Sip. So I'm kind of in between uh, where both of you fall right now. You know, you say you're not as astounded as Javier uh, was, and Javier is like, oh, my God, this was like the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yes. But uh, I'm kind of in the middle. I think she did a great job. Since English muffins. Since English muffins. (laughs) Oh, stop. She doesn't listen yet. (laughs) Uh, I think she did an amazing job, and I know she's not classically trained to be a singer, Mm -hmm. so... You know, I think one thing that a lot of people know about Emma Watson... That she she fell from heaven? Yes, that she (laughs) fell from heaven. Hermione Granger from heaven. She's a perfectionist. You Mm -hmm. know, she's she wants to be the best person that she can be. She's a wonderful role model, you know, for people all all around the world. And because she's such a perfectionist, you know, I'm pretty sure she's been working really hard on making sure that she sounds as best as possible for this role. There was a slight moment, uh, and it was brought up to me. I would not have heard it. Oh, it was a sound. Somebody thing. showed me a small piece that sounded like it was auto-tuned. 
I'm pretty sure that it is. I mean, that's is that really surprising, though? Well, that's the thing, that it made me wonder how much of it was auto-tuned. All of it? Come on. Oh, so what happened to the angelic voice, Javier? The producer did a fine job. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think it was all auto-tuned. Uh, I think it was fine-tuned, which mm. may be a better way to describe it on certain things. Because, again, she's not classically trained as a singer, like a Broadway singer or anything like that. Right. But uh, in this particular clip, I think she did an amazing job. She just nailed it. It's just such an iconic song in the Disney library that when Pedro Hera sang it... You can't really compare it to the classic one. No, you can't. And actually, that brings up something else I want to talk about. We'll get to it in a second. It's the whole Ariana Grande and John Legend thing. That's exactly my point. Uh, We'll talk about that in just a second. But uh, there was just certain notes that Emma Watson sang that I was expecting her to hold a little longer and just really do her best to mimic what Paige O'Hara did. But then I thought, oh, but this is her making it her own. But I think it's so iconic that a part of me was just kind of a little heartbroken that she didn't try to emulate it as much as we're used to hearing it. Right. I don't know if that makes any sense, but uh, I I love what she did with it, but a part of me was a little disappointed that it was slightly different. Picky, picky, bro. No, like, I, I, relax. No, no, no. I wouldn't go there because the truth is that's exactly what like my complaint was about it, and it's not a complaint. Like I said, she did a great job. It's just Disney animated features have music in them that could easily be transferred to a Broadway stage. You right. know what I'm saying? Like a Agreed. musical stage performance. Totally agree. Yeah. You have the singers. In fact, you know what? A great comparison that's very recent is um, How Far I'll Go from Moana. You hear the version that's in the movie, and it's very different from the one that Alessia Cara performs. And that was one of my main complaints about it, that Alessia Cara's was way too poppy, and that, for me, it took me out of the element and that feeling that the one in the movie had. I mean, I didn't think one way or the other in terms of liking one versus the other, but there is a difference between pop music and stage music right. and things like that. And um, I just didn't feel like the stage performance version of something there when Emma Watson was performing it. There's just not that kind of power, you know what I'm saying? Like in her vocals and her lungs and things like that. So it didn't come out as exactly like you described it. You were expecting something that was held just a little bit longer and it just wasn't there. Right. And again, it goes back to her not being classically mm-hmm. trained to be a singer. Yeah, not to say she didn't do a great job. It's just not what is originally portrayed in Disney right. classics. I think my only complaint on this clip that I saw is that it totally looks like The Sound of Music. Like she's up on this green hill spinning her spinning around in her dress is turning. It's The Sound of Music. It's not The Sound of Music. It's I'm totally here. The Sound no. of Music. I know the clip that you're referring to. I know you sent it to us, the the one where she's doing the reprise, the bell reprise. Uh-huh. Uh, n- no. Reprise. Reprise. <laughs> I know it's one of those two. <laughs> I'm a, I learned it as reprise, and hey, that's how I'm going to say I, it. I, and I have no idea, so. Well. I'm not going to argue. I would have expected that from Mario. Mario? But not from you. What's the final call? Mario, you're the tiebreaker. Reprise I don't know or reprise? The, I don't know. It's coming as a total surprise to me. Jerk. <laughs> 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 you know what? I don't care. It's a reprise. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that clip. It is nothing like The Sound of Music. Uh, it is a scene from the original Beauty and the Beast movie. And I'm glad that it's in there. It is way more colorful than I would have expected it to be mm. for this film in particular. But I think so many of the scenes that we've seen are so dark because they're in the castle when she first appears. That's one of the very first scenes that they're showing of her outside in the town. Yeah. So I'm okay with it. I just see the sound of music. That's all. I get it. It was was almost shot by shot, like from the cartoon. Yeah. And and that's great. I kind of like that. That may have been one of my problems with Cinderella. You know, Cinderella was close enough to the animated version where I kind of got it. But, you know, when they take one of these films from an animated version to live action, you expect to see certain key scenes. And 
for me, that's one of the key scenes in Beauty and the Beast. And the fact that they're interpreting it that way, I love it. Well, here's the thing, okay? That doesn't feel so much like it was taken from the animated feature. I don't compare it to any of the scenes that are, like, happening there. I get what you're saying about, like, the really bright colors that are happening in that scene in comparison to, like, the rest of the movie. Right. But I think that's probably one of the only movies that can get away with it, only because you're given this town at the beginning of the movie where Belle doesn't really have this, like, care in the world, you know? Like, she has her books, and she just goes on and lives her life with her dad, and it's just this really happy town, and everyone's dancing and singing and doing things like that. So it fits that it has that brightness right? in comparison to what becomes her life when she goes to find her father. Okay. You said Cinderella. I've never seen it. I have zero, I had zero interest when it first came out. Beauty and the Beast, I'm all over it. Well, I'm ready Cinderella, to see this. Cinderella we saw because that's Lynette's favorite movie. Mm. This one, I'm totally with you. I love this movie. It's and amazing looking. Just the scenes that I've seen so far. Uh, there's been so many times that I've seen trailers for movies and you see the best parts and then you watch the movie and it's just kind of eh. Right. I'm just hoping this is not the case because going from animated to live action, some of the characters very iconic, some of the scenes very iconic, but so far, man, it looks like they are making, they are doing justice to the animated version. Justice is an interesting word to choose. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm excited about this movie too. You're right. They put their own twist on that movie. And and they seem to be doing that with all of the live actions that are coming out. But it doesn't feel like they're doing that with Beauty and the Beast. I agree. It looks like they're doing it exactly, exactly. the same as the animated feature. I'm totally cool with that. I am too, actually. And I don't know why. I'm happy that it feels like it's the exact movie. Right with you, okay? Because it's what we remember. It's what we know. It's what we love. But it's like it kind of breaks away from... All of the other live actions. At this point, now it's a category all its own. I don't care. I'm so. If it builds a brand new uh, category uh, in the way that they take animated films and make them live action, then so be it. Let that be the new mold and the new factor that they use. But mm. I am so on board with what they are doing with this film. Uh, again, some of the stylistic choices that they made for some of the characters, like Cogsworth, for instance, I think is overly ornate compared to what he was in the animated uh, film. But uh, again, it's a stylistic choice, and that is fine. If they wanted to take liberty with something like that, it's not my call. I'm not making the film. But I I do like what I'm seeing so far, so much so that opening weekend, I kind of want to do a movie meetup for this movie. Dude, Hmm. yes. Let's do it. So... Uh, I mean, if we if we do oh this... Oh, my God. This is official? We're doing this? Yeah, let's do it. Movie but meetup? I'm just, yeah, movie meetup let's for Beauty it. and the Beast. Yeah. Do you guys want to do it opening weekend Saturday or opening weekend Sunday? I'll watch it in a different theater, but yes. Attaboy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Javier. That's... Yeah, that, that'll work perfectly. Uh, anyway, we will figure that out. Throw it up in the blog post. We will let you guys know what we decide. Uh, so stay tuned for more information on that. So uh, keeping up with the talk about this film, uh, it brings me to this uh, quote-unquote leaked audio of Ariana Grande and John Legend singing the title track of the film, which, I mean, is absolutely iconic. Uh, it was, of course, made famous as a duet by Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson, uh, written by um, Disney legends Howard Ashman and Alan Menken. Uh, it won all sorts of awards, including a Golden Globe for Best Original Song and Academy Award for uh, Best Original Song. Who are these two beginning uh, singers? You know who they who are. Who are these beginning singers? I mean, You know who they are. They, uh, it was a fine effort. Here's the thing. I don't know if that was a legit posting because the one of Emma Watson singing as Belle, that was official. That Absolutely. came from mm-hmm. the official Beauty and the Beast movie mm-hmm. account. Uh, I haven't seen them post this uh, version of the song with John Legend and Ariana Grande. So it's not official. But I will say that after listening to it, mm-hmm. if it's not them singing... The people they got to sing as them sound pretty much like them. I'm actually going to go as far-fetched and say, I think it's them. I really do. So, Mario, you obviously heard the clip, too. What did you think about it? Um, I thought it was good. 
if they were two individual tracks together and then with the music behind them sucked i mean honestly it could be a rough like this isn't officially released okay it could be that they were testing both their voices and then they just mashed the tracks together because the harmonies are horrible in some parts and javier made a really good point we were laughing about this earlier uh javier said the music sounds like it's an old casio keyboard that's playing in the background (laughs) and it kind of does it does you know there's such a beautifulness to uh that song it's it's nicely orchestrated and it's so beautifully arranged that when Javier said that, I was like, yes, this is like they got Keyboard Cat to do the background <laughs> for this. It's, it's awesome. We need to make a video with that. Yes. I love it. Uh, yeah. If you guys haven't seen it, if, if it doesn't get pulled down, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll post it in the blog post for the episode. So check it out at pocketeers.com slash 135. Tell us what you guys think. Do you guys think that it's actually John Legend and Ariana Grande? Or do you guys think that it's just a couple of people that kind of sound like them? I think it Close sounds like enough. them a lot. I think it does too. Yeah. I mean, there's certain things that are saying that are very much like her style of singing. Mm-hmm. And, and same with just, John Legend. And same with John Legend. So yeah, go take a listen and let us know what you guys think. Let's see if, if we can all agree on whether or not this was uh, total fake. Mm-hmm. And who knows, by the time this episode is released, maybe it will be exposed as a total fake. Who knows? I'm but, going with... What Mario had said earlier that maybe it's just not a finished product yet. Like that's, it's honest, that's it for could, sure. It could honestly just be like auditions. It could have just been one recording one voice, the other one recorded the other, and then they put them together to see if it would create oh, good chemistry. That makes sense. That actually like, makes you know a what? lot of sense. Uh, I can see that argument. But again, you guys go take a listen to it. Let us know what you guys think. Leave us a comment, blog post, Facebook, or on Instagram. We'd love to hear what you guys think about it after you guys take a listen to it. I want to share something with you that uh, when I was watching uh, some of these clips, you know, for my podcast homework, right? I was watching it with my mom, and uh, we're watching the Emma Watson when she's singing, and you know what she said? Yeah. She goes, "She's not pretty enough to be a beauty." What? What? Yes. And you know what? I hate to say this, I kind of agree. <gasps> what? Yeah, I kind of agree. Like, I don't know about I, Emma Watson, guys. I kind of hate you for saying that. <laughs> Get out yeah oh oh then if you don't like it blame my mom <laughs> you agreed with her i gotta do yeah sorry I'm oh but he disres- doesn't remember any rules of engagement <laughs> i kind of do yeah. <laughs> look i'm not gonna disrespect your mother so i'm gonna disrespect you go ahead how dare you <laughs> <laughs> well as hazen would say it's my opinion <laughs> <laughs> Spot on no, his impression, by the way. No, that is your mom's opinion. <laughs> you just happen to take it. I just happen to agree with it. You just happen to agree with it. Yeah. I uh, I completely disagree with you. I think Emma Watson is a very beautiful lady, and uh, oh, I, I don't, I, I don't disagree. I think she's fine for the role. I just don't think she's fine for the role. Well, who would you have put in her place? Uh, someone that I would consider beautiful. Give me an example. Uh, sure. Um, Penelope Cruz. <laughs> Not even close. Because she's in cars. <laughs> yeah, she can. She's in cars. Exactly. Uh, gosh. I don't even know. I honestly don't. So, Maybe. I'm glad you're bashing the one that's in there without having a, <laughs> without having a backup. I'm not bashing her. I'm not bashing her. I'm just saying. She's not what I would have chosen for to play beauty. That's all. Uh, I I totally would have chosen her for the role. I think she's doing a great job with the singing. I think mm-hmm. the acting so far has been great, and I think she's very beautiful. So Emma Watson, please come on the podcast. <laughs> oh, you know what? Oh, then you're right. Yeah, she's beautiful. <laughs> you know what's not beautiful? Mm-hmm. That horrific Bell doll that recently oh, came don't. out. Oh, so no, no. they probably agree. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think they agree. Here's so if you guys, I want I'm this sure, doll by the way that you're talking about. I don't even know where to start with this, guys. Here's what's happening. So I guess this doll was sold through J.C. Penney. Uh, I don't exactly know if it was sold anywhere else, but as far as I've read, it was sold at J.C. Penney online, and it was an officially licensed Disney product of Emma Watson as Belle. And you know, I get it. 
Disney is trying to capitalize on the fact that they're putting out this brand new movie. People are super excited about it. Who wouldn't jump on the opportunity to own a Bell doll? You know, Emma Watson as Bell. Mm-hmm. The problem with the Bell doll was <laughs> problem. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, the main problem with the doll was that it kind of looked like Justin Bieber. <laughs> the face was not Emma Watson's. Uh, no, it was definitely not Emma Watson. It definitely wasn't. Um, like it. I saw it joked about on Twitter since it was released, actually. I don't think it stopped. I just keep hearing the, oh, this is Justin Bieber with a yellow dress and a wig on. Right. And it's, it, it sounds <laughs> – it does look like that. It looks like they were at the toy factory and, like, we ran out of Emma Watson heads. Grab those Justin <laughs> Bieber ones. So, like, it is such an embarrassing doll. Like, the head size is even wrong for the body. It is. It's so much bigger, right? I've heard jokes of that this is Beast, and now we're waiting for Beauty to come out. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't necessarily agree with Javier's comment from earlier. Again, I think Emma Watson is very beautiful, but this doll is horrendous. Yeah, it's, it's wretched. How this even got approved to be an officially licensed product is beyond me. And to Disney put their name on it? That's what I'm saying. The yeah. fact that it's an officially licensed product. I don't even know how this got passed. I, I, like, I, I didn't see it at first. You, but you, then uh, I think Mario's the one that found like this side-by-side picture of the doll yes. and Justin Bieber. It's Justin Bieber with a wig. Like it's <laughs> nailed it, like, right? Like, joking aside, okay, like, there, there was no way this thing was on the conveyor belt. And, like, someone said, oh, this, like, who actually looked at this prototype and said, this is the most amazing thing ever. Right. People are going to love it. Produce thousands. Oh, my. And sell them <laughs> for 50 bucks each. I don't think they're making a dime off of these things. I oh, disagree. I disagree. I think they're all going to be sold out and they're going to be twice or three times the price on ebay yeah wait until christmas it's gonna be the most sought after doll this year no dude it's a it's a collectible now but for the wrong reasons yep nobody support this okay (laughs) i hate to say this burn them it's so ugly i want it (laughs) (laughs) this will be my first doll first really actually it'll be my first action hero Javier with his bell doll and his G.I. Joe. It's like, save me! No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, it is absolutely horrendous. Uh, If you guys have not seen the image of the doll, we're going to go ahead and throw it up in the episode blog post for this. So head over to podcasters.com slash 135 to check it out. Oh, Emma Watson, we're so sorry. We had nothing to do with this, but we are sorry. Uh, I'm... Not sure how that got through. I don't. I don't know what happened. So she looks like the girl from Harry Potter, though. <laughs> now that I think of it, huh? I I am not even sure how you would see that, Javier. Just that doesn't make sense at all. You know, Emma Watson uh, uh, approved it. She's like, oh yeah, nailed it. I so don't think she did. She probably modeled for it. For or, it. or she was so busy, they just brought her a contract to sign. Yeah, it's great. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. oh that would be horrible. <laughs> you know what? We should actually give away like a pretty version of Bell. A pretty like, version? What do yeah, you mean? let's give away a Funko Bell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even the Funko Bell looks so much prettier than does. that version. They probably uh, have the same size heads. <laughs> 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 Maybe it's painted over because wasn't that the rumor that JCPenney went back and they tried to paint they over tried the to doll fix faces somehow. or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's what I read, but who um, knows? Yeah, it was it was absolutely horrible. But so yeah, let's let's give away Bell. So Sweet. we'll get Funko. We will uh, throw up some information in the blog post for the episode. We will throw it up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you guys want some more information, check it out so you guys can enter. And to everybody that does. Good luck. Good luck. Yep. Uh, so uh, back to the meetup. Maybe we'll throw up like a Twitter poll. 
Okay. And we'll ask everybody to see if they prefer a Saturday or a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so uh, be on the lookout for that, guys. We'll even throw it up on Instagram so you guys know when to go check out the Twitter. You guys can vote whether you guys want Saturday or Sunday, and we will make it happen. So opening weekend, we will all go watch Beauty and the Beast together. We will have to plan in, on showing up a little bit earlier. Some people may choose to buy their tickets in advance. Uh, we'll figure out what theater we want to go to, and then you know we'll build the details. We'll do like a Facebook invite or something like that. I like so it. more details to come. We'll do the meetup, and more details to come on the Bell Funko giveaway. Sweet. All right. All right, guys. Well, from one Disney film, uh, let's transition to another uh, Star Wars. Let's talk a little bit about Rogue One and uh, the Star Wars franchise in general, where it's going. Uh, you know, recently, uh, Carrie Fisher passed away. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of speculation on whether or not Lucasfilm and Disney were going to bring back Carrie Fisher in Episode Nine, the way that they did with Peter Cushing's character. And, you know, the fact that they have the ability to digitally recreate somebody in CGI doesn't necessarily mean that they should. But one of the biggest arguments surrounding this was whether it was disrespectful to the person themselves, to the family. What do you guys think? I think it's disrespectful not to include her in this franchise that she's been a part of all our lives. Just to know that Carrie Fisher is going to be in the next Star Wars movie. That's not coming out for like another year and a half now. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. But I could see how some people can get pretty emotional about watching someone they care about, you know, be brought back. Uh, I don't know Digitally. if I would Yeah, I don't know if I'd be okay with that. It's a really fine line that you cross when you do certain things like this because I could completely see both sides of the argument. You know, it would be disrespectful to the family. Uh it would be disrespectful to fans, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like Javier said, I mean, she's been such a huge part of the franchise. You can't really imagine it without her. With the next film that's coming out, again, it's already been filmed. So will it be a little bit weird? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you can use it to pay, uh, you know, homage to all the work that she did for Star Wars. If she's like a hologram, that would be a little bit easier to accept. But recreating her the way that they brought back Peter Cushing's character for Mm -hmm. Rogue One... Again, fine line because Peter Cushing's character plays such a huge part in episode four that it would have been weird for him not to be included in Rogue One. In this standalone movie you're talking about. In the standalone (laughs) movie that bridges the gap. (laughs) Still still a good standalone. I think it really falls on what the family feels. Uh, to me, it's irrelevant what fans feel and think about if this is disrespectful. I think it's the family that decides. So I, I don't want to see her come back that way. I, I'm, I'm liking this, this hologram version, maybe, because uh, I don't think they'll even nail maybe even her voice. But it has nothing to do with being disrespectful, though. I just don't want to see it, uh, her being created digitally. And I think that's where Disney might have a bit of a problem because coming out of episode eight, I guess the question still stands, is Disney going to rewrite episode nine? Are they going to change the ending to episode eight to cater to this? I mean, it's still up in the air how they're going to handle it because we don't know what got filmed for the ending of episode eight, obviously. Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty sure we're going to hear that there's going to be reshoots. I mean, they did with Suicide Squad. You know, they did reshoots. They all had to come back and, you know, because of whatever reason. And I'm sure that's exactly what's going to happen with this one. There was actually an official statement. I was reading an article in Collider, and I'll link to the article in the blog post for the episode. Again, podcasters.com slash 135. They were talking about the statement uh, on the official Star Wars website, actually. That was kind of surprising that uh, Disney and Lucasfilm actually uh, put this out there. But I want to read what they said. It says... We normally don't respond to fan or press speculation, but there is a rumor circulating that we would like to address. We want to assure fans that Lucasfilm has no plans to digitally recreate Carrie Fisher's performance as Princess or General Leia Organa. Carrie Fisher was, is, and always be a part of the Lucasfilm family. She was our princess, our general, and more importantly, our friend. Oh, my princess. We We are still hurting from her loss. We cherish her memory and legacy as Princess Leia, and we will always strive to honor everything she gave to Star Wars. So, 
after reading that comment, good on you, Lucasfilm. Good on you, Disney. You know what? I'm happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what kind of statue they're going to build for Carrie Fisher in this uh, George Lucas Museum they're building in Los Angeles. Ooh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll have some kind of Princess Leia statue to commemorate her. Oh, I would love that. I mean, there's going to be so much of George Lucas's filmography and a lot of the Star Wars stuff there. Ooh, Indiana that, Jones. Oh, I'm sure that's all going to be included. Oh, I mean, I can't it's, wait. it's everything having to do with you know his career, basically. Uh, it's it's an ambitious project. He's putting one billion dollars of his own money into creating this museum. So what is that? A fourth of what he got from Disney? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just about, I think. <laughs> Just about. It's chump change. Uh, I I kind of like it. I, I love I know this idea. I know that there's been a lot of of back and forth on where this museum was originally going to go. Uh, I think the idea was originally to put it in Chicago, and I thought San Francisco was fighting for it. Well, they were, but Chicago was the original city that it was going to go in. Oh, I see. And they were like, "Now nah, we just don't want this." Too windy over they here. They fought it. Yeah, they fought it, and then San Francisco put a bid into it, mm-hmm. and they said that they wanted it at Treasure Island, hmm. and ultimately. Uh, L.A. won the bid, and so it's going to go at Exposition Park with the California Science Museum and stuff like that, Uh, right next to USC, which uh, some people know George Lucas famously went to USC film school, and Mm -hmm. that's where he built his chops, so to speak. (laughs) And so it's kind of cool. I like it. I don't know. There wasn't an opening date set for it, was there? I honestly didn't see it. No, I doubt it. I think there's just it's in development right now. Yeah, this is just idea, and they barely came out with that. uh, What this might look like. Yeah, Uh, the museum itself, like the like the shape of it, looks like a crazy star speeder almost. It does. Uh, It looks like a spaceship. I kind of like it more than Apple's spaceship campus, to be honest with you. Uh, But the museum is going to be called the Lucas Museum of Narrative Art. I don't like it. Why? (laughs) Would you want it to be called the Star Wars Museum? <laughs> Is that what you wanted it to be? Yes. Well, it's not that. Lucas Films Museum. Or the George Lucas Museum. In Los Angeles. A long time ago in a neighborhood far, far away. <laughs> Let me see if I got this straight. Out of all the pitches that cities brought, L.A. comes to George Lucas and I'm like, look, we will put this museum in... In the worst neighborhood possible. It's not the and worst. And he's like sold. It's not the worst. It's, you know, it, it's a mixture of good and bad in that neighborhood. I mean, you have USC there, which is the... The, the good the, part? Yeah, kind of the good part, you know, but... <laughs> it's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's fine in general. The fact that all the other museums are there is good. Uh, I like that. I don't know if it was George Lucas exactly that made that call. It may have been the architect's that were kind of helping with the bidding process or as far as where it was going to go. For location. Yeah, Yeah. for location. Because obviously, you know, you you need to survey land. You need to make sure you have enough space. Uh, I don't know what goes into (laughs) selecting where something is going to go. But I'm sure there was a lot of that. But I'm looking forward to it. I love museums in general. And just the fact that there's going to be a brand new museum in that area is pretty cool. Uh, I remember reading the article. I made a note of it. Like They were talking about it with uh, Lucas. This is one of his quotes. He says, The whole point of the museum is to stimulate the imagination to open eyes to the possibilities of creating art. Very nice. I, I like, like it. So, uh, obviously, we'll have more information. As more information becomes available to us, we'll make sure to post it online, Instagram, Facebook, and podcasters.com. So, keep a lookout for it. And if you guys are into museums, you know, we'll maybe we'll do a museum meetup one day. All right. Well, while we're on the subject of Star Wars, uh, let's go back to Anaheim. I saw some images getting posted on Instagram this last week that kind of made me a little bit excited. You know, I've made it very clear that I may be convinced that Hyperspace Mountain is my favorite version of Space Mountain. What a point. terrible opinion. Uh-huh. Quiet, you. <laughs> Javier. <laughs> Wait, is that an insult? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and this last week I started seeing people posting images of Season of the Force banners. 
Now, Lynette Again? went to yeah, Lynette went to Disneyland uh, a couple of days ago with the kids, and uh, she says that there are banners that say "Season of the Forest," they say "Rogue One" and stuff like that. Oh wow! But I don't think there's been an official announcement that "Season of the Force" is coming back to Disneyland. Hmm. Now. Last year, there was an announcement that Season of the Force was going to be going to Disneyland Paris. Right. Now, I don't know if this is, like, in conjunction, like, that they're just kind of helping celebrate because I think the expected arrival of Season of the Force in Paris was the second week of January or Mm -hmm. the third week of January, which technically by now we are in. So uh, that could be it. I don't know if they're bringing back Season of the Force. um, I almost said in full force. Huh? Uh, to Disneyland and I'm kind of excited because this last week Lynette went to the park she says Hyperspace Mountain is back great be more excited about it (laughs) awesome you know how you feel about uh you Nightmare Before Christmas no I love Nightmare Before Christmas at the at the mansion it's oh before Halloween that it's on too long that's kind of how I feel with Star Wars. It's like you're giving me too much Star Wars right now. I don't think I understand the words coming out of your mouth right now, Javier. <laughs> Dude, you're in for a big surprise when that land just pops up. <laughs> right? What land? <laughs> Star Wars land? I'm very happy that it is back. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering what they're going to do as part of Season of the Force this time. I know they had a couple of special shows uh, in the Tomorrowland Terrace area. Uh, it could just be that they're doing this in conjunction with the fact that Disneyland Paris yeah, last that makes year sense. had announced mm-hmm. that they were going to bring Season of Force uh, there. And it was happening mid-January. So it could just be that they're helping celebrate yeah. it and they're bringing you know, a little bit more hype to it. Uh, that's good. I liked the old. Uh, I, I liked the new Tomorrowland banners that they had put up after they had uh, taken Season of the Force away. I thought it was going to be the beginning of a remodeling of Tomorrowland. That nope. was sadly not the case. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so bringing Wally to Tomorrowland is still no, kind of up in the air. Like never going to happen. Uh, the Iron Man Sorry. experience. In the old Star Wars okay, facility. That yes. might happen. No. That might. No. Mario. Uh, I hate uh, to say it might happen. I so would don't say, say yes. <laughs> you know, it opened in Hong Kong this last week. Oh, did it? Oh. Yeah, I was pretty happy. It officially finally opened in Hong Kong. and You should move to Hong Kong. Now they are ready. <laughs> I love you too. Uh, now they're ready to finally bring it here to Anaheim and mm. get rid of Star Tours and move it over to Star Wars Land once that opens. So mm. that's cool. Is it? I'm ready to go. See, now that's something that should just stay there forever. Yeah, I agree. You know, sometimes I hate you both. I love you, man. No, you don't. Shut up. <laughs> Wait, you bought beer today. Yeah, me too, buddy. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Uh, So, more interesting news uh, about Disneyland having this last week that, you know, we talked about it last year that there was a lot of talks about Disney bringing FastPass over to Toy Story Mania. Does it need it? Oh, Uh, yeah. It certainly does. I've never written it, so I don't know. Dude, I'm still waiting in line to get on it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It really does. That line fills up very quickly. And that is one of the attractions that is in desperate need of FastPass. Mm-hmm. Dude, I didn't even know that ride even existed. How dare you, sir? But it's good. You guys have been on it, though? It's, it's super fun. fun. It's really it fun. super fun. What is it? Like, sh- what it's do you a, do? So it's kind of like Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters. Okay. Uh, except that you're shooting at giant 3D screens. So you're oh. watching, like, things in 3D. You're shooting at targets. You're shooting at moving objects. So think of an old shooting gallery yeah but all toy story related that's and awesome. the cars spin around in this in, in this building and they score you at the end they score you at the end you score against other people so it's it's really fun uh-huh uh and yeah it was in desperate need of a fast pass i don't think i've ever stood in line for toy story mania and stood in line for less than 45 minutes mm. that is just it's like the peter pan of california adventure oh, peter that's pan. basically what it is and don't get me started with Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, it, it was interesting when they made this announcement because it looks like uh, they've now officially decided that the Matterhorn is also going to be getting a fast no, pass. No, now you're just lying. Wow. It's actually getting a fast pass. Wow. And along with the announcement that 
the Matterhorn and Toy Story Mania were going to be getting a Fast Pass. There was an announcement of something called a Max Pass that's coming to Disneyland. Like Goofy's son or? <laughs> yes, it's like Goofy's son. It's a pass to meet Goofy's son. <laughs> you nailed it. Uh, a conversation done. <laughs> Uh, no, the the Max Pass is kind of a version of Fast Pass that is going to be done digitally. Obviously, we already know how Magic Bands work at uh, Walt Disney World. You know, you can select, you can pre-select some of the Fast Passes that you want if you're on vacation. They get programmed into your Magic Band, and there was a lot of talk of whether or not Disney would bring the Magic Bands over to Disneyland I or in not. Anaheim. It looks like they've. Uh, we talked about the route of them using the phone and the app, oh, you know, see, in order to to use smart. fast passes. It looks like that is officially the route that they are Perfect. going to be taking. I already have a watch, and I already have a phone. Putting it in the phone, perfect. I don't right. want to have something else on my wrist. Right now, here's the thing that's throwing people off a little bit, and it's making some people upset. Uh, the Max Pass has an introductory price of ten dollars, so? so it's going to cost you ten dollars in order to get Fast Passes for that day using ten dollars a day, a day per person. Oh, okay, then yeah, I'm not for that. <laughs> so ten dollars a day per person, and remember, keywords there are mm-hmm. introductory rate. Which means that at any point they could mm-hmm. say, well, that was introductory. Now it's $15 or now it's $20 or $25 wow. to get fast passes for the day. I wonder if you can, if it's introductory because you have to wait like, you know, the way the, the way they have it uh, right now, it's they, they give you a ticket with a certain time. But if you pay more, I'm wondering if you can actually bump the line even earlier. I no. doubt it. I it's really doubt it. exactly the same as the paper fast pass. And as a matter of fact, they're even not if I going pay to for get, it, what if I pay twenty dollars? I don't want to wait don't, till. Don't give them ideas. I don't want to wait till like nine p.m. when I got there at you know ten in the morning. Uh, don't give them any ideas, okay? Because <laughs> it's already making some people upset that they're going to have to pay this ten dollars. Uh-huh. Now keep in mind that the current uh, system of getting fast passes is not going anywhere. They're still going to allow you to walk up to a kiosk mm-hmm. at the attraction. Popping your annual pass and get a fast pass. Okay. Now, the way that the app is going to work is it's first come, first served. I don't know if there's going to be like a location restriction where if you pay $10 through the app and you are in, let's say, I don't know, you're driving up from San Diego and you pay your 10 bucks, and then you can just choose your fast pass selections for the day as you're driving as to you're Disneyland. driving or if you have to be within like a radius of Disneyland. In order to select those fast passes, because anybody that pays them is obviously going to fill up all the fast pass slots versus the people that have to go stand in line. Mm-hmm. Eventually, well, it will cause people to stand in longer lines because they don't want to pay the ten bucks. What do you guys think? I don't think it would do anything for extending lines. I mean, it's either going to benefit it by shortening them, or it's going to keep them as they are right now. I don't think there's going to be a distance uh, limitation so much as there will probably be like a time frame limitation. Uh, in what way? Like you'd probably have to do it within certain hours. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not going to pay for this pass and then like lock in my fast pass at midnight that day just to make sure that I got them. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I could see them adding a restriction as to how early and how late you can add them. But the late doesn't make sense because as long as there are fast pass slots available for the attraction, you should be able to add them. But the the first time for the day, that should be a restriction or else, like I said, people are just going to fill them up with that $10 slot. And then if you go to the park and then you have to stand in line, people are going to begin to complain. You see what I mean? And maybe that's what Disney's – maybe that's what they want. Maybe they want people to be forced to be stand in line so that they can pay the $10 for this Max Pass. But then what happens when so many people pay for the Max Pass that the Max Pass line becomes overcrowded and becomes just as long as the regular line? Or longer. Or longer. <laughs> you know, because they're not going to – I don't think they're going to cap it. Right. 
You know, if people are paying the 10 bucks, they're not going to be like, well, a hundred people paid it. Forget about those other thousand that want to pay. I don't want more money. Right. So maybe the app is going to have some kind of restriction that says we've reached the capacity of how many people can digitally get a max pass. It should, but Um, will it have it? That's the question. Yeah. But then what happens if people say that I paid my $10, this is the attraction I wanted it for, and now I didn't get it. Give me a refund. Will they give you a refund? They'll probably tell you there's 15 other attractions you can go to. It it could be the case. Uh, Not a lot of information is available other than that right now. But um, one, the fact that they're adding it to two of the most congested attractions in the two parks. Totally happy about that. The ability to add these fast passes to your um, to your app. They're all same day. First come, first serve. Uh, it's an interesting concept. It's going to be interesting to see how they execute it in the park because it looks like there could be a lot of pitfalls that are just going to make people angrier. And then this whole give you an extra month for free if you renew your annual pass by a certain time. What if in the end they just say, eh, well, Star Wars Land is all max pass now, guys. Interesting. You know, it's, it looks like like what if Star Wars Land becomes pay to play? Wow. You know, so I didn't think of that. It's uh, it I just, hope not. There's a lot of things that are changing that. Hopefully that's not the direction that they're taking it in, but it looks like there's a lot of things being tested and Star Wars Land may be the place where they implement a lot of it. I don't know. I really don't see it getting that far. Think about it, guys. I mean, with everything that gets charged for at Disneyland, you're paying for exclusivity, okay? You're paying for a limited reservation for something. Not everyone gets to sit and watch a fireworks show at the Riverbell Terrace and have like a specific kind of meal that's lined up. You pay to make that happen. So when you're paying for something like a Max Pass, obviously those are just going to be limited amounts of spaces. So like with with uh, regular Fast Pass, okay, you return between the hours of this and this. Is that like just an unlimited amount of people until that time frame runs out? Well, I think the way that they do it is they do have a specific amount that I think there's an algorithm that says that they can uh, bring in a specific amount of people per hour, which is how they determine when the time changes for the regular FastPass system. So what I'm saying is what if there's so many people that sign up for MaxPass? You know, let's say that it's 100 per hour. Right. And maybe it's more. We don't know. But let's just suppose for roundness that it's 100 per hour and 1000 people sign up for max pass at the very beginning of the day before the park even opens. That means that of those thousand already, you have 10 rounds of people that are going to fill up those first 10 hours of the park day. And if you're going, what if the park is only open for 10 hours that day? Which is why I'm telling you that there's probably going to be a time restriction with this thing. Like regular Fast Pass. So you like, if you're going to take advantage of Max Pass, let's just say, okay, these like quantities of Max Passes they can distribute on a daily basis are full. Before you even pay, it's going to tell you, I'm sorry, we're out of Max Passes for this time frame. Uh, it's not max passes for the time frame. It's max pass for the whole day. It's $10 for the whole day. But you see what I'm saying? That would probably stop you from going, don't take advantage of this because it's already like at capacity. But Javier makes a really good point. By the time that they add the fast pass system to Mania and to the bobsleds, there's going to be 16 attractions that will have fast pass availability. And so Disney may say, oh, you couldn't get into the Haunted Mansion? Well, we got another 15 attractions that you can go to using your Max Pass. Right. But if it's not what you want, I I see more people getting angry about this than actually benefiting from it. I disagree. If if a ride has a Fast Pass, it's because people love them so much that they want to get on there. There is no way you're only going to Fast Pass a specific ride and not want to do something else with a Fast Pass. Yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, Mario. I just... You know, there are things that Disney executes that don't always hit on all cylinders. It's very infrequent that that happens. 
if this is not implemented properly and these things are not thought out, I think it's going to make more people angry than it's actually going to end up benefiting at the end of the day. Uh, I disagree. I, I think they're going to structure the system pretty well. Just because MaxPass is going to exist now doesn't mean FastPass is going to go away. Yeah, FastPass is still going to be there. Yeah, at you least still in the, the advantage to like walk up to a FastPass booth and get a FastPass. Unless they run out. Right? And then you just take the next slot or you go to the next ride. You see, like... People are upset that they missed their fast pass for their favorite ride. That's not going to stop them from doing something else. Or standing in line. Exactly. Or standing in a longer They're, line. But, yeah. But that's what I'm saying, that if they run out of fast passes, people run into it now where people go to the park and the expectation is that you run to the attraction that you want a fast pass for. Once you get there, you have your first fast pass. When that time expires or that hour enters, you can get your next fast pass, ride that attraction, and so on. It's the fast pass recycle system. But if you have a bunch of people prior to rope drop already filling up all of the fast pass slots, then running to a kiosk to get a fast pass is going to become obsolete and it's going to begin to make people angry because the digital ones are filling them up. I think there's actually going to be a new line. I think it's gonna be a regular line, fast pass, max pass. No, no, I think so. No, that that's going extreme. Sense. I think you're maxed wrong. But look, it goes back to it goes back to what I was telling you. Okay, Disney makes a point to make sure that when you're paying for something that's exclusive, it's exclusive. Think about it. The first hundred rows of every level of the parking are VIP parking. Now you're not gonna pay a hundred bucks and then just end up in some random spot because this is how they assign it. You're paying for something different from somebody else. So clearly you're going to get something different from somebody else. Well, uh, you know, again, I totally understand what you're saying. I understand your argument, but I just don't think that that's how it's going to be implemented. I think they want to implement this as a practical replacement for the ticketed version of FastPass. But because they're integrating it together... I think there's going to be a lot of problems and there's going to be a lot of angry people that couldn't walk up to a kiosk and get a physical fast pass ticket because somebody else paid $10 to get the digital one. Once more information becomes available about how it's going to function, we could talk about it a little bit more. And if I find any more information, I'll throw it up in the blog post and you guys can go check it out. Read it for yourself. Again, podcasters.com slash 135. Uh, but I don't know. I really do think there's going to be more problems, but, uh, let us know what you guys think. You know, if, if you think that having a digital fast pass system will benefit us in general as whether you're an uh, annual pass holder or whether you're visiting the park, you know, one or two times a year, uh, would you pay the extra 10 bucks for this max pass? Do you think it's going to be worth it to be able to digitally get a fast pass from the Disneyland app? And uh, if you're a regular park goer, do you think it's worth paying the $10 a day to get these max passes? So leave us a comment uh, on Facebook, Instagram, uh, or on the blog post for the episode and start a conversation. Let us know what you guys think. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. All right, guys. Uh, I think that's about going to wrap it up for this episode. Cool. You guys have anything else? No. No, I don't. It's my line. <laughs> wow. Is that a is that gimmick infringement? I think it is. <laughs> All right, guys. Before we wrap up, quick reminder that Podcateers is brought to you in part by listeners just like you. Yay. We call those listeners fairy godparents of the podcast. And if you guys would like to help us out, you can head over to our Patreon page by going to patreon.com slash podcateers or go to podcateers.com and click on the Patreon logo That'll take you over to our page. All of the information is there. And like I said, believe it or not, a dollar actually helps us out a lot. So if you guys would like to do that as a one-time donation, as a monthly donation, it's up to you. You guys could give us three seventy-five, dollars uh, <laughs> uh, $7.28. I don't know. It's up to you. Whatever you decide you want to give $3.33 would be super helpful. And we truly appreciate all of the added support that you guys give to us. So to all of our fairy godparents, a cheers. All right. Another great way to support the podcast is by using our Amazon link. Amazon! If you guys purchase things on Amazon, the best way Amazon. to help us out is to head over to podcateers.com 
slash Amazon, Amazon and click on the big Amazon big banner Amazon. <laughs> before you make your next purchase. I should have said big Amazon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'll take you over to Amazon using our Amazon. special link and we get a small commission from that purchase that you make. It doesn't cost you anything extra except for that few seconds of your time going to our page, clicking on the banner. Uh, but it does help us out a lot. So to everybody that's already using that link, Thank you guys so very much. We really appreciate that added support. Amazon. Uh, <laughs> it's over, Javier. <laughs> We're done. Uh, if you guys want to find us online, make sure to search for Podcateers. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and on YouTube. Uh, if you head over to the YouTube channel, make sure to subscribe. If you watch a couple of those videos, maybe hit a couple of those thumbs up. And, uh, yeah, that'd be great. Share them with your friends. So, yeah, yeah, we'd appreciate it if you guys follow us on those networks. All right, guys, that is going to wrap it up for this week. So, if there is nothing else from either one of you guys, here's the beer shoes and make your ears. Have a fantastic week, everyone. See ya. Take care. Nice Ray Romano. No, that's not Ray Romano. <laughs> <laughs>